Hello and welcome to Loving Voice Notes. This is Jean Thomas. And today's topic is Oracle Cards for Yourself. Lately, I've been getting a lot of questions about the Tarot and Oracle Cards. Oracle Cards are an absolute passion of mine. They are a hobby that I happen to bring into my work. But um, as many of you know, I am a no-tools um, psychic channel, so I don't actually need them. I just really, really, really love them. And in fact, for many years, I sort of tested myself by actively not using them um, just to kind of gather my confidence and my strength of being a no-tool psychic. However, um, they're super fun and I love them. I love the tarot and I love oracle cards and I've had about 10 people ask me about them lately so I thought I would do a podcast topic and I really hope you enjoy it. So first of all I just wanted to talk a little bit about my journey with the tarot. I did not grow up in a household that any of this was spoken of or known about. Um, the closest my mum got to New Age was she lit some incense occasionally, which I've always loved incense. It was later on, uh, really after I'd started university and started working in bookshops and things, that um, mind, body, spirit, books and resources and things tended to fall into my lap, literally. And uh, it was, at, I think, one of my first uh, jobs in a bookshop where I, I read a book on the Tarot. It was just like one of these history of the Tarot. I was very interested in the artwork and the symbolism. Not so much about it as a divinationary tool or anything like that. I was just really sort of like, wow, gypsies and a culture and learning all about history and things. A bit of a geek like that. Um, but obviously some of those symbols really stayed with me and stuck with me. And it was quite a few years later after I sort of had my spiritual awakening after my illness where um, the tarot and oracle cards started to enter my life in a more meaningful and enjoyable way. So I just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about them. But before I do, I want to just make my point of view quite clear that it is your intuition that you are accessing your soul. The word soul, or the word psychic means of the soul, of the origin of the soul. So uh, some people think, oh, you're um, praying to the tarot or the tarot is a tool of something. It is a tool. It's, it's a tool of reflection or messaging, you could call it, or um, symbolic representation. It's not something we worship or holds any power in and of itself, right? So the oracle cards are a collection of symbols that have, you know, some universal meanings, but they also have personal meanings and relationships that you can develop with them as you get to know them and as your intuition interacts with them. Just like, you know, some people read tea leaves. The tea leaves don't have power, right? They're using it as a focus or representation for their intuition to kick in. Same with scrying or looking in crystal balls or uh, people who can read the wind or look at formations of clouds and do readings that way. It's all just a way of relaxing the ego, I guess you could call it, and allowing that inspiration and creative flow to come. And because as humans, we have so many universal experiences 
the tarot covers most of them. Um, and so, you know, that's uh, traditionally 78 cards. And, um, you know, they have a, a basically a specific journey from the fool to spiritual enlightenment. Um, each card is sort of a stage in that journey, but it can be read and interpreted in so many, so many ways. I have read many books on it over the years, but you know what? The books just flow through me a bit like eggs on Teflon. I find it so interesting at the time, but when it comes for me to use the tarot for myself or an oracle deck, I always prioritize my soul's voice, the voice of my spirit guides, and just what feels alive to me or important. So that's the approach I take with it. And I just wanted to clear that up so that we, <laughs> so that we're understanding each other. Um, so I just want to cover, this isn't going to be a very long talk, but I just wanted to cover a few ways that you could incorporate Oracle cards or the Tarot into your life. So just to be clear, Oracle cards are uh, also decks of cards. They're usually between 44 and I've seen up to 88 cards in, a, in an Oracle card deck. Um, they do not follow the same sort of structure as the Tarot, which tends to be broken up into suits and things like that. Um, the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana. Oracle decks, there's a bit more creative freedom and flow with how the cards and themes are, are organized. I've seen angel ones, fairy ones, um, I've just recently purchased um, a rose one. Uh, there are lots and lots and lots of them. The chakra ones, there's um, guides and, you know, just spirit animals. There's so many um, amazing, amazing um, possibilities. And I really say go with your guidance. If, if you're drawn to one that, you know, depicts crystals, go with that. And there are times when I'm drawn to ones that are more angelic or things like that and there are times when I go for more grounded decks it's um, entirely up to you I'm a bit of a collector I have to say I do I do really like oracle decks I have to clean them out every now and then so uh, one of my favorite ways to work with the oracle cards or tarot is to pick a card of the day now when you purchase your deck Usually there's a little booklet that comes with it, and it is a very good idea to just read through at least the first chapter of that booklet that explains how you can get to know your deck, how to shuffle, how to, the different ways you can do things. I'm not covering that in this talk, but um, use whatever works for you. And when I first started, actually, I did the just dump it all on the table and spread it in a circle, kind of really messy shuffling, and then I would put them back in. And then I would just split the deck and pick one. So there are so many different ways of doing it, but um, other people like to spread them in an arc shape and, you know, feel the energy of the cards to what they're drawn to and pick it that way. There is really no right or wrong way. There's just, you know, what feels right for you. And a beautiful thing to do is to pick a card of the day or a card of the week. I generally, um, when I'm trying to learn a new deck or create a relationship with a new deck, learn the symbology in my relationship with it, I'll pick a card a day or at least twice a week or three times a week. Um, pick the card, look at the symbolism, feel into the energies of it, and then look for um, the theme of that card to show up for me in the day. And it's amazing how often it does or how often there's you know, learning there as well. 
also um, a beautiful thing to do, and, and that's without reading the guidebook, you know, um, but of course you can read the guidebook and do research or Google things if you want to work that analytical side of your brain as well, but I really like to just sit with the energy of a card, the key words on it, if there are any, the symbols, the colors, and journal about my own personal reaction whatever arises in me around it and I find that that really does boost my intuition and strengthen my communication with my spirit guides because they can then use those symbols and anchors and feelings um, in future readings with other people to help communicate information to me sometimes if you are keeping a card for a whole week you know you might journal on a different aspect of it or you might um recreate it and color it in yourself Um, there are lots of different ways to play with the imagery or create your own version of the card as well um, as you explore the symbolism and the meanings within another uh, way that I find quite fun to use a card is for help in making a decision and again it's not that the cards know what is right for you it's more that they reflect the energy of doubt if you're having doubts or the energy of certainty if you're having certainty and depending on how you phrase your question like I always bring my higher self into my readings um, you know you get that clarity or like a different point of view on things so one of the ways I like to um, get validation or if I'm contemplating a decision is to think about that question so for example you know I could ask something like is it is the timing aligned right now to get a puppy friend for Sophie Dog. (laughs) Sophie is now six years old and it might be nice for her to have uh, a companion again. Is it the right time for us to consider getting a puppy? So that could be the question that I ask. And I would shuffle the deck and lay out the cards. And in this spread decision making, I choose three cards. And I just, as they come out, lay them out one two three in a row and then turn them over so that they're all facing and in this particular um, decision making I'm looking at the orientation of the cards are they all in the upright position are they all reversed or is it a mixture so upright means they're um, pointing the right way to read or are they upside down if they're reversed and basically if they're all reversed that's a very clear no and then I might look at what the cards are and explore some of the themes as to why about the meanings of those cards if they're all upright and it's accompanied with a positive feeling I might be like oh yeah yes this is maybe something to explore but again I would read into the messages of the cards and see if that felt aligned at all levels because if it's only 60% aligned to get a puppy that's not enough for me to make that commitment right because a puppy's for life needs to be you know 100% for me to take action also um, I would look at if there was a mixture you might have two that are reversed and one that is upright for example or the opposite two that are upright and one that's reversed and in that case it's kind of like a maybe but maybe not now and again with further reflection insight and meditation on the cards often a reason will surface sometimes not during the reading sometimes it comes a little bit after 
but making a decision or looking for validation about things um, can be really revealing and sometimes doing this process has thrown up things I thought I've made a decision and the cards have told a different story and um, I really had to train myself not to just keep throwing the cards until I got the answer I wanted <laughs> um, because it's not about controlling it it's about really feeling into what's going on there and if you have a, a big reaction to getting a no it's really interesting to explore that and understand what's underneath it is it the ego is it just the wrong timing is it what are the cards showing up is it you're considering hiring somebody but the cards are showing that they are you know not trustworthy for example um, might not be what you want to hear but ultimately can be incredibly helpful and useful so that's one of the ways I like to use the cards and I always come back to myself and ask myself ultimately what do I wish to do and what does my soul guide me to do in this moment and hopefully I have the courage to take that action all right so another thing that um, playing with the cards can be really good for is growing what I call your symbolic library so for those of you who are interested in learning how to do readings yourself or just bringing a deeper intuition connection and trust of it into your daily life into your business into your relationships um, it can be really really good to sort of grow your symbolic library and ground it in your own personal experience and so I touched on this briefly in the choosing a card of the day when I'm getting to know a new deck because new decks have new art it's like it's like new symbols I get to learn but there are symbols all around us there you know a tree can be a symbol anything that has physical form or representation can be representational can be symbolic and symbolic just means it can have an energetic message or represent something for you for example one of the um, symbols that I often get around creativity and fertility is a great big oak tree and I know that if I see an oak tree the message is different for me if than if I see a beech, a birch tree or a beech tree or a rosemary bush or any other plant form they all have their own personal relationship with me and my history and my DNA and my ancestry and you can tap into that if you choose to just by cultivating a relationship with the symbol itself and what does that look like what does it mean well like I talked about drawing it um, getting to know it looking up alternative meanings like I'm seeing praying mantises all the time at the moment to me a praying mantis it, it's a reminder that part of my soul's mission is to be a divine messenger on the earth it's to bring messages of clarity hope joy and transformation that are beyond the human experience <laughs> okay that are that are from source itself and so um, and that's where a lot of my healing work comes from and so when I see a praying mantis in person particularly when they land on me and engage with me it's very deeply spiritual for me I just I have this rush of energy they're like a spirit animal for me it's highly highly symbolic and the timing is just crazy now for someone else it could mean something entirely different. I read online once somewhere that praying mantis represented like the destroyer of relationships because um, 
<laughs> because I think the mate eats the other one or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, but that's not my truth of it at all. And they're always bringing, I often see the females and they're often pregnant when they come to me. But even if it's a male, it's still the divine messenger energy. And I get this rush of love and joy and open heartedness. And you might have that with certain animals or flowers or people even. Um, and if it's a person, like what does that person's energy represent to you? What is this What is this symbolic? Because you might see that person pop into your mind and it might not be about the person itself. Literally, it could be a message for you about, oh, I need... I need to embrace more of that quality into my life. If someone's very creative or spontaneous or eloquent or generous or whatever it is. So growing your symbolic library. And and one of the things that one of my first teachers taught me was, spiritual teachers, was to write stuff down. Write it down, sketch it, keep a diary, keep a log, keep a reference book. Because we think we'll remember everything, but we don't. And symbols have layers and meanings. And the more you travel with them and dance with them, they'll reveal more and more to you. So um, an example of that for me was was the hermit. I identify as a hermit, but I've identified as different levels of the hermit experience over time. You know, just withdrawing from the world versus withdrawing from the world in order to renew and channel and then bring forth what needs to come back into the world. Um, there are and all the steps in between. So um, when you have a symbolic library, literally like a notebook next to your bed or a file on your phone or your computer, the great thing is you can keep adding to it as those other layers keep showing up. And it can be a very fruitful and, and relaxing thing to do and connect you with a sense of personal meaning enjoy and also help you recognize the messages of your guide. So once I was doing this and the symbol I was working with was a was a frog and I just kept seeing frogs everywhere. <laughs> Whether there were images of it, people talking about them, reading about them, frogs were popping up left, right and center. And so for me when that happens it's validation and confirmation that that particular symbol has a potent meaning or medicine for me. It's worth meditating on, exploring and Um, enjoying that process so yeah if you start growing your symbolic library I would love to hear about it and I just wanted to finish this call with basically um, a simple spread that I really like and it's called the chakra spread and it's one that I, I thought I could share with you and describe to you fairly easily like it wouldn't it wouldn't be too confusing and um, it's one that that I find quite helpful and that enjoys because when you when you work with the cards another way to work with the with the tarot and with the oracle cards is to basically um, you'll see in the books in the in the little books that come with them and there are whole books built on spreads Um, and you can also create your own spreads but when you allocate a place for each card and and that place has a specified intention or meaning behind it you'll find that the cards that land in those places have a message about that so it's a way of working with um, the cards that is a little bit less freeform a little less fluid a little more structured and 
and can help you really get some insight. So this chakra spread is actually one by um, Biddy, Biddy Tarot, and it's from the Biddy Tarot Planner from 2019. Um, and I really like it because it covers the seven main chakras and the way the spread is is it's just seven cards in a line in a column and you start with one at the top and one represents your crown and it goes right down to seven and seven represents the base chakra and so if you're taking notes it's just one two three four five six seven in a row from top to bottom and the first card which represents the crown chakra the question to contemplate is what is my divine calling what is my divine calling and the second one which relates to the third eye is how can I connect with my inner wisdom the third position which correlates with the throat chakra is how can I speak my truth and the fourth position the heart chakra how can I express love the fifth placement is a solar plexus chakra what empowers me and the sixth one below that is the sacral how can I express my creativity and the seventh card the final one is at the base chakra and the question is what grounds me or what is grounding me now and a beautiful thing to do can be to intentionally you know shuffle get into a good meditative space ask your higher self and guidance and place the cards with reverence and intention face down and then slowly turn them over one by one so I would turn over the first one and then really take it in how does this card and the message of this card relate to what is my divine calling what calls to me from this card maybe read the guidebook or do a little bit of automatic writing or journaling what sparks for you as you go down each of the levels and the cards and I do like to light a little candle when I do a card ritual like this um, and I like to put it out at the end and I like to give thanks and call in my spiritual allies and things like that but you don't have to when I first started doing tarot and oracle I was really just basically doing the mechanics of it and quite frankly not believing any of it but then it was so 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 spookily accurate and helpful that it caught my attention and I started learning more and more about it and it became really really fun and enjoyable and so I hope that you have enjoyed this session and have fun with your oracle and tarot cards if you have oracle and tarot questions for me let me know perhaps I can do a follow-up podcast episode with those all right take care lots of love guys bye for now <laughs>